Asian Hustle Network would like to remind you to make time for your health so you don't lose time for the things you love. An updated COVID vaccine restores protection that has decreased over time, including protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and the worst effects of COVID. If your last COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's time for an updated vaccine. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Christiane Lopez. Christiane is a woman who wears many hats or crowns. She comes from a background of being crowned seven times, including the title of 2018 Miss Philippines World, and will be accepting her new title of Miss USA Universe to compete for Miss Universe next year in August. She also launched Studio Sash Pageant Consulting, where she serves as a pageant coach to help competitors achieve their dream titles by teaching them valuable skills and ways to boost their confidence. As of right now, she has had 20 plus crown clients winning international, national, state, and regional titles. She also is the director and producer of the Regency West Coast pageant. Aside from her work in the beauty pageant world, she is one of the stars in the docuseries Chef Dynasty, House of Fang, that premiered on the Food Network and Discovery+. Plus. She also has worked as a host, red carpet correspondent, and producer with notable brands such as E! Entertainment and Hyundai USA, where she interviewed celebrities including Demi Lovato, Nicki Minaj, Paula Abdul, Justin Bieber, and Vanessa Hudgens. Christiane, welcome to the show. Hi, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. We're very excited to have you today. So let's jump right into it, Christiane. We'd love to know, you know, I I know that you were born in Torrance, California. What was it like for you growing up there? Yeah, growing up in Torrance is, you know, it's a very diverse city and area in the South Bay of Los Angeles and a very Filipino community as well. So we were very much um, a part of the Filipino community, hanging out at parks, doing all the things with all the other military families. um, And... The fun fact is my house in Torrance that I grew up in was the very first U.S. house that all of my cousins immigrated to before kind of finding their way. So that was like the first stop home. So at times we had like four or five different families living under our roof. So our house was packed 24-7. We always had guests. We always had family over. So it was chaotic and fun. Um, So, you know, I'm really glad to say that we were able to be a part of my other cousin's upbringing here in the States. And then my dad got transferred from the uh, Long Beach Air Force Base up to Barstow. So when I was 10, basically halfway through my childhood, we moved up to the high desert of California, which, as you can imagine, was like the complete opposite of Torrance, California. I was very much a minority. uh, So it was very different. Um, But I feel like I used that to my advantage growing up and was very lucky that I was able to keep myself busy with extracurricular activities and cheer and dance and theater and ASB and things like that. So I was always very 
busy as a kid. And like I said, our family was the host to all the parties. So we never had a dull moment at home. My parents were always encouraging us to hang out, have fun. We put on a lot, lot of different shows, of course, karaoke. My parents were big like tech nerds and they loved buying like the newest computers and video cameras. So, you know, as you can probably guess, I had no issue with introducing everyone to the camera. And I, that was like my favorite hobby growing up. We would make commercials and skits and things like that. So I'm lucky to say I had a pretty fun childhood. Oh, wow. That is amazing. So since you were young, you've always been the type of person who like loved holding a camera or being in front of the camera. And that I feel like that kind of like foreshadowed into what you did while, you know, as you grew up. Did you know that that was something that you wanted to do ever since you were young, that you wanted to be in television and live events and everything like that? Yeah, somewhat, yes. And I really didn't realize that until I think back now, knowing how comfortable we were with like performing and, you know, playing with a camera and producing our own things and being creative. Um, and then, you know, I'm one of four siblings and I was, I'm like the middle child. So I kind of was always just in my own world doing my own thing. And I've always kind of just like created my own path. I guess I'm like kind of stereotypical in a lot of like middle children ways. Um, but also we grew up watching my cousin as a reporter for Fox 11 News. So for me, that was really my first um, belief that that a career in that direction was possible. So yes, I, I from a very young age, I definitely imagined myself on TV or in broadcast in some some type of way. Yeah, I love that. So you started your career doing television and live events. What was it like working in television for you back then? I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? Considering we honestly didn't see a lot of Asian faces on screen at that time while we were growing up, particularly Asian faces, right? And you were front and center of everything while you were working in that industry. What was it like for you? So with that, I feel like we only really saw Asian faces in news and broadcast media. And that's why I did feel the most comfortable going in that direction. Um, so I went to school for broadcast journalism just because I felt that, wait, well, maybe this is going to be the most realistic path. Um, and then interestingly enough, on the production side, I started with investigative journalism and hard news, um, which again, is so, there's so much full circle to that, but really my goal was to be in entertainment. And like you just mentioned, we didn't see a lot of Asian faces in entertainment at that time, but going back to my high school and middle school days, I was always kind of the only Asian girl in the mix. So a part of me always felt like I planted that seed early on that if I could do it as a young girl, and I just continue on this pathway, then maybe, hopefully, I can be able to, you know, believe that it could happen later in the future. And so I've always kind of looked up to like Jeannie Mai, because I got to see her around the E-building. Luckily, I was able to land an amazing job at E! Entertainment, where that was like my dream job as I was going, as I was in college. Um, and I ended up working at True Hollywood Story and E-Investigates. E but I would always go to all of the tapings um, for like this soup. And maybe I'm aging myself because some people don't have no idea what these shows are anymore. 
Um, and then Jeannie Mai was the face of the style network. So um, I think that when you're so focused on a goal, you really try to find some of those role models that you can look up to and, and, and follow really. Yeah, absolutely. I I was at an event when like last weekend and they asked me like who was your role model while you were growing up? You know, like who was the Asian woman role model that you saw on screen all the time? And I love that you brought up like Jeannie Mai because like a lot of people don't they I feel like when they think back they can't really think specifically about, you know, Asian female role models on screen. And so at the time when we were growing up, I feel like a lot of people just listed like Lucy Liu and, you know, don't get me wrong, like she, you know, made, she had milestones and like she really paved the way for a lot of Asian female actors, actresses. Um, but there were so many others, right? But we just didn't really like hear about them or you don't really like hear people talking about them. So I love that you brought up Jeannie Mai and like, it's so, that's so funny how like you would always see her inside the building. <laughs> It would be like, oh, one day maybe we'll work together. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and I love that you say that because I think that for us naturally as in an Asian culture or especially as Asian women, we are so humble and we're not the type to just continue to broadcast and put our accomplishments in everyone's faces. So it is hard to find these people to look up to. And I always bring up Vanessa Manila Lachey who, you know, was a host on TRL in like MTV's heyday. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love her. Love her so much. And she's still just as relevant today as she was when she was doing her thing at such a young age. Yeah. And she's Um, gorgeous. Like I remember like, I would always see her on TV. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. Yes. And then for me, that was the very first Filipino woman that I saw on TV. Um, and again, on the entertainment side. So I think that it, it it's always really important and, and interesting when you really find that one role model who, you know, makes you feel seen and represented. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's really important as, you know, as a younger generation for us to see faces that look like us on screen, because we think that, oh, it is possible, you know, because we need to see that on screen. We need, we need to know that it is possible for us to be able to to actually make that jump and say like, I want to do what she's doing or I want to do what he's doing, right? As there are a lot of people who are trailblazers and who just do it themselves. And that takes a lot of courage, right? But it takes a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fear that goes into it. They don't know what's possible. They don't know what what can go wrong or what can go right. Um, but it's that's why it's so important for us to actually see faces that look like us on screen. Absolutely. Agree 110%. (laughs) So I want to talk about you getting into the beauty pageant industry. Because you started off your career doing television and live events, how did you get into the beauty pageant industry? Was there anyone in your family who showed you the ropes or was this something that you decided to do on your own? Somewhat, yes. Um, The same cousin I was talking about who was on Fox 11 News, she did pageants growing up. So um, I was always like, they would call it a junior escort where they like bring up a little girl on stage with you. And so she and I have always been really close. So I was always her junior escort. So that was like my first, you know, taste of the stage and being in front of a crowd. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this and be like her one day. It never happened for me. Like I said, I'm like one of three siblings. My parents just did not have the time and money for that. Um, But I knew that that's how she was able to gain the confidence and the exposure for her career in broadcast. Um, And so after I graduated Cal State Fullerton, 
My goal was to go to USC because I knew a lot of the people that succeeded in the LA entertainment business came from the USC Communications um, School of Annenberg. So I did the Miss America Scholarship Organization because I just wanted to win scholarship money. I was like, you know, I'm doing my research. I'm like, what's the easiest way that I can possibly win money for another set of tuition? And um, it was a great experience. I got in the top five. So no, I did not win any scholarship money. Um, but that was my first taste of it. And it was like, okay, cool. That was great. And then I kind of just moved on with my life and went straight into a nine to five, went into production and things like that. So I really didn't fall back into pageantry until I was uh, 29 years old. This was post-divorce. I was very lost in a dark place, kind of um, doing my best to kind of get out of a very deep depression. You know, as you can imagine, it's it's it was just tough for me, especially at that young age. And a, a good friend of mine was doing a pageant and she was asking me tips and I got so invested in her. And working together with her, she was like, do you want to just do this with me? Like, maybe we should just do this together. I was like, oh, no, girl, this is about you. Um, absolutely not. And so she surprised me with sponsoring my entry. So next thing you know, like I had one week to prepare for this, went in and did it. We were in two separate divisions and I got first runner up. And I remember that was the first time in the longest time that I had felt proud of myself, that I had accomplished something for myself. And it put me in a place where I can believe in myself again. So I guess I kind of got bit by the, the pageant bug, as they call it. And so the competitive nature that I've always had, I was like, well, I think I should just do this again and really give myself time to prepare and I'll never know what can happen. And so um, I did. I continued to compete. The following competition after that, I had won. And then had an opportunity to really connect with my community, connect with the Filipino community. I um, found so much reward in mentoring girls and um, volunteering. I, I had a purpose again. Um, and so from there, it all just kind of snowballed. And after, you know, giving up my crown, I was like, well, when's the next thing? When's the, what's the next thing I can do now that I feel like I'm making an impact on other people's lives and I'm changing my own life, you know? And um, it, and then I was able to go from state titles to national titles and then an international title of Ms. Regency International. So I, 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 don't, I don't really know how it happened. It all just happened. And I think in a very strange way, as a shout from the universe, it was like, there's no stopping now. You know, you've already come this far. And um, it just gave me, it just gave me belief that, you know, my time is not over, even though I thought my life was over, that I can completely start fresh and new and um, give myself and maybe other women some direction. Oh my goodness, Christia, that is such a beautiful story. And I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I'm so sorry that you were going through such a rough time at that time. 
Um, but I do believe in, you know, the law of attraction, you know, when some, when one door closes, I feel like that the universe just redirects us to a different direction and opens up these doors for us and shows us opportunities that we were missing out on before. Um, and congratulations on all of the titles very much well-deserved. That is so amazing for you to, you know, jump right back up and have all of these opportunities open up for you. And, you know, it's, it's, I love hearing you say, you know, that you really fell in love with it just from, you know, getting these titles, not only that, but like teaching other people, teaching other girls, you know, how to boost their confidence. And I think that ultimately led you to eventually launching your own business, right? But before we get into that, um, I, I have a few friends who competed in pageants before, and I always look at them and think like, wow, they exudes so much confidence and just so much poise and it's not even you know I feel like running in pageants you don't just gain confidence just by winning titles right it's, it's, it's the whole process right it's the whole process of building community building sisterhood building friendships and learning more about yourself you know getting asked questions to really dig deep into the person that you are and that really translates into you exuding more confidence and just being more comfortable with yourself um, I guess my question is, you know, what were some of the most valuable things that you learned while competing at pageants? Because I just think it's so interesting how people who compete in pageants, like what they learn. I'm very curious about that. When I um, talk with my friends who do compete in pageants and I would, you know, have like the same interview as them. I remember when I was very nervous doing the interview, but my friend who competed in pageants, she was just like, she just like snapped out with her answers with like so much poise and grace and, and my, my, um, my my partner Brian, he was like, yeah, she competes at pageants, so it's it's very obvious. Like she's she's well trained, she has that experience, you know. Um, and so I just think it's so amazing for people who compete in pageants to develop these skills. I just want to learn, like, what were some of the most valuable things that you learned? Well, first of all, I appreciate those words. You are amazing to even say that because I think that it's really rare for pageant girls who compete to get that type of affirmation. Um, so that is much appreciated on behalf of you know, so many women that that do this. Um, as far as some of the biggest lessons I've learned, I think it's, it's really about learning how to fail. And, um, you know, failure and courage, being brave enough and vulner vulnerable enough to know that like, it's totally okay to fail because the next time around, you're going to be, stronger, better, more aware, growth. Um, and as you said, the 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 biggest takeaway for anybody that does a pageant is the self-growth. You know, you really take a lot of time to dig into who you are. When you're on stage, it's not you with a team or a band. You know, it's you standing on your own two feet, presenting with your own voice. Um, so for me, I think that's as you know, I've, I've come from a very long-winded career, um, but in pageantry, it's almost like, you know that the odds are against you, and that's totally okay, and I'm going to walk into this day, let's say competition day, knowing that it can be a win or lose, but I'm going to walk away a winner because of everything I've gained, you know, whether it's new friendships or knowing that I've, um, you know, brought into my network. Um, and I just feel like the more comfortable people get with failing, the easier it is to get to that accomplishment moment. So that's always really some of the biggest lessons and 
things that I tell my girls very early on. I'm like, you have to be realistic. You're going to learn how to lose. But at the same time, you also really learn how to win with grace as well. Like there's a lot of sportsmanship involved, you know, being proud of somebody else's performance and really giving them their credit. If somebody else is crowned, that's totally okay. And it's only going to show that you are a, um, a better person for congratulating them. And then also as a winner, you know, you learn how to walk away with being, feeling even more humbled than when it all began. So yeah, I think failure is such a complex thing, but the more you fail, the greater that accomplishment is. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that applies to everything else, right? Entrepreneurship, running your own business, like you really have to learn to be comfortable with failing. Because if you don't fail, that just goes to mean and goes to show that you're not really trying as hard, right? There's, there's bound to be some instances where you're going to fail at certain things. And that applies to entrepreneurship, pageantry, whatever it may be obstacles in your life. Um, and it is it is really important for us to be comfortable with that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so I do want to talk about Studio Sash Pageant Consulting. Um, so what did what inspired you to launch this? And what are some of the things that you teach your competitors to help them boost their conf- uh, confidence as a part of your consulting? Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I had just finished my reign as Ms. Regency International. I was like, okay, now what? What am I going to do <laughs> now? It didn't really feel like the time to jump into another pageant. And naturally, I was really helping a lot of other girls, um, you know, take on their goals and tackle their goals. So I was already doing it without making any money. And I really didn't even think of it as something that I would want to turn into a business. Uh, I actually acquired Studio Sash from another girl who founded it. And she, you know, moved in another direction quickly after starting the business. And so we had come across each other through, you know, pageant network type of groups. And she was looking for somebody with credibility to take on her business. So I'm very lucky, lucky in a lot of ways that she really did a great job with building the following. And I was able to take that model and really run with it. Um, so it was almost like it was meant to be in my head. I was manifesting, how am I going to turn this into a business? What can I do? How can I, like, what am I going to call this? And so the the opportunity just kind of fell into my lap and I thought, wow, this couldn't be a better situation. And technically studio sash is the very first is the very first subscription based pageant consulting where they uh, sign on to a package. And of course I do a lot of one-on-one customized package coaching as well. Um, But I do feel that with my style of coaching and training, instead of jumping into the technical of walking and, and modeling and things like that, I really start from the foundation of goal setting Um, and journaling, as we just talked about, you know, in order to get far and and to be able to really relate to the judges and to the people in the audience, there's nothing more exciting and confident than a girl who just kind of knows herself. So we start with 
journaling. I send out a lot of journal prompts, you know, and we really start with a why. Why did you join this pageant? Why do you want to win this title? Why do you think that you would be the best choice for anybody to come across you and say, hey, you are deserving of this platform? Um, because that that that's everything, right? You know, what is your why? What is your sense of purpose as to what you want to do, whether that's a new hobby or whatever it is? And then, you know, from there, we do a lot of interview skills in practice. That's not what a lot of people see. People watch a pageant and they just see everything that happens on stage. A girl walking across stage in a swimsuit, a girl in a beautiful evening gown. However, the biggest and most weighted part of the competition is a personal interview with a panel of judges. And that is not as easy as it looks. I think everybody knows how nerve wracking it is to just interview for a job. Um, and so I think those are some of the biggest and most valuable skills in pageantry is learning how to interview because you are interviewing for a big job. Um, and, and I'm happy to say that a lot of my girls now are, you know, excited to apply for new opportunities because they know how they're how to be able just to speak confidently about their skill set. And that's not an easy thing to do. You really have to train yourself like to be proud of the skills that you have um, for whatever job that you're applying for. Um, so really we, we start from there and then I try to be very specific with goals. I, I make sure that my clients have three goals um, for their experience and process in the pageant. Like we spoke earlier, the odds are against you. You know, if 20 girls are signed up, only one girl is really walking away with a crown. But for you personally, what do you want to get out of it? Or do you want to be better at public speaking? Do you want to be more physically fit so you can be part of the body that you that you walk in every day? Or, um, you know, do you want to get better at interview skills? So I that's always my guarantee. I'm like, listen, babe, I don't know if, if we work hard enough. It is possible that you can win this crown and win a sash and have an amazing year with this title that you deserve. However, if you don't, I know that you're going to be able to walk away with these three things accomplished. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I absolutely agree with you. I think there's a lot of programs out there. I know that you mentioned that yours is one of the first, you know, membership based ones, but there's probably a lot more today, right? And they're probably popping up every, you know, every now and then. But I feel like a lot of them might be very cookie cutter, like they just teach you how to how to walk, how to, you know, um, you know, what, what you what you should say, but you really have to dig deep into who you are as a person. And like you mentioned, like how you present yourself is what makes you stand out because everyone's different, right? Everyone has different interests. Everyone has different like little knacks that they have. And I think it's really important to point that out. And, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think especially when you're going through interviews, like the one question we dread is like, tell me about yourself, right? Because we might be going through like, I know there's like so much like, what do I talk about? Like we might go be going through self-doubt. We might be going through imposter syndrome. So there's a lot of different factors that make us hesitant to talk about ourselves. And I love that you mentioned, you know, journaling and really diving deep into who we are as a person and how we can you know, uh, talk about that in a way that's very eloquent and easily digestible. So people can understand you know, like who we are, what we like, what our interests are, um, and how to present that to the world. So really, really interesting. I love that so much. Yes. Yeah, so true about the tell me about yourself. That is the very, 
first thing that we put together? Because why is that the most nerve wracking question in the world? Who right. am I? You about yourself? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. What do I talk about? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I want to know what was something that you learned about yourself, Christiane, throughout your experience teaching and coaching others? Um, I think I've, I've had, I've had to really understand my attachment style. I know that sounds very, very off subject and strange, but, um, you know, you invest so much in others and, um, I do my best to give my very best. And at the end of the day, it's really up to the individual, you know, as a coach, it's hard. It's hard to be a coach. It's almost like being a mom as well. You can provide all of the tools and hope that it's sticking, um, but it's also allowing, allowing my clients to have the space to have, to have their own growth. You know, everybody is on their own path and journey. I can't force anything. I just have to remain as patient as possible. And eventually things will click. So that's one thing I've learned is to not get so attached and worked up when I feel like maybe my um, technique is <laughs> probably working or not working, you know, Um and then on the other end, uh, as you kind of brought up, it's, it's, it's really going through the ups and downs of an entrepreneur. It's like, there's going to be those high points of like, yes, I am killing it. And then there's other moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why? I, I am a total imposter. No one is taking me seriously. There's so much other competition out there. Um, there's so many other accomplished, amazing, much older and experienced coaches, what makes me feel like they're going to trust my, um, my ways. So it's about trust. And I think that you brought that up as well. It's like, we really have to trust, trust ourselves, bet on ourselves and just keep going. Cause I've had just so many ups and downs, especially because I acquired this business. There's times where I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just, ready to sell this and let this go and give this opportunity to somebody else. And then of course, the moment that happens, the universe provides something huge and big. And then I'm like, Oh, there it is. I love where this is. And I'm so appreciative of where I am and to see, you know, the confidence grow with my clients and to see them achieving their goals and dreams. And then it all makes sense again. So, you know, the, the roller coaster of an entrepreneur is just, not always pretty. And we always just have to trust, trust ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Trust ourselves, trust the process. And like you mentioned, there's always going to be ups and downs. And, you know, even as a small business owner, entrepreneur, I'm sure there's a lot of us that go through that, like, oh, maybe this isn't right for me, right? Like maybe I should just go back to nine to five or something like that. And it is really hard, like you mentioned to the first point, especially when you have something that you you kind of built and nurtured by yourself it's it's hard to let go of that baby like for example maybe your technique doesn't work for someone else and while you're growing a team while you're growing a business sometimes it's hard to let go of that control like oh i don't i don't know if this person is going to do it right right i like my technique i want them to do it my way and 
when you're building a team, when you're building a community, you're going to have a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people. And so these are different people coming from all different worlds, right? And we have to kind of nurture and appreciate those differences, right? Um, and those are just, you know, the 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 kind of challenges of like growing a growing any business. So appreciate you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's it it is tough. I mean, I've, I I think I'm very like I think again we're our own toughest critic, yeah. and we all have this living inner critic that doesn't stop at times. But yeah, it's it's just you know the awareness of knowing like just gonna get through it. It's totally fine. I'm just gonna continue to trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. So, Christian, you mentioned journaling earlier. I'm just curious to know what do you have like in throughout your day do you have like a certain routine that you go through like a daily ritual I'm assuming journaling is part of that but in the mornings like is there a certain routine that you have um, that you can share with us yes I do my best to establish routine and I think that's really important especially when you are an entrepreneur or you are you know a creative that wears many hats because every day can be very different so it is best to kind of at least solidify some type of routine. Um, so yes, usually I wake up, I have a cup of coffee, and then I'm able to go to my journal as I'm enjoying that coffee. And some days it's it's really writing, and other days it's just listing. You know, it just might be listing the thing, all the things that I need to accomplish, or you know, things that I have outstanding, or to prioritize some of the tasks that I need to do in the day, um, just so it really is able to uh, materialize my thoughts because it's kind of all over the place. Um, and then I just do my best to get some fresh air. So I take my dog out on a walk. Um, and then from there, I usually feel ready to get to work. Um, I also do social media marketing for a few different companies as well. So I usually knock out scheduling and or posting first thing in the morning and then going straight into responding to emails. And then from there, it's usually going into an appointment or having to be somewhere. But um, I stay very close to my journal and my calendar. I love that. Yeah. Journaling definitely helps you kind of sort out and materialize your thoughts, especially when you can't process all of them at the same time. And, you know, I'm sure like a lot of us can relate, like we just have so many different things that we feel like we have to attend to at once. But when you write them down, it helps out a lot, like writing down your goals, writing down your thoughts. And, you know, in the middle of it, you might come up with an idea or like an epiphany. So definitely a proponent of of journaling. Like I love journaling as well. I think there's always such a satisfaction of being able to cross off your to-do list and checking things off and highlighting. So um, yeah, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs maybe have that in common. Yeah, definitely. So what are you currently working on right now and what are your upcoming plans for 2023? Yeah, well, I just wrapped a quick three city pageant workshop tour for Studio Sash. And now I'm going to move into master classes where it's going to dive in more into certain subjects. And some of those are going to be on Zoom and some of those are going to be in person um, with topics like we talked about uh, branding, interviewing, um, onstage question, how to prepare for the pageant. Um, and then as the director and producer of Regency West Coast pageant, um, right now we it, we're basically in the middle of registration. 
And so uh, actually right after this, I'm going live and sending out some info for all of the current um, contestants that are signed up, but the pageant is in May. So there's a lot of work on the production end that I am tending to right now. Um, and yeah, I, and then I'm still having to juggle all of my other jobs. I'm, I'm going into Chicago this week as a product specialist for Hyundai, but it's nice when I'm out on work trips because then I'm able to like really focus on the business. So I'm not kind of distracted with a bunch of different other things. Yeah. Wow. Lots of things on your pipeline and really excited for your upcoming plans. So we have one last question for you, Christiane, and that is, what is one advice that you can share for someone in the younger generation who wants to exude more confidence in who they are and what they do as part of their career? It doesn't have to be specifically in the pageantry, but in any industry. Uh, my biggest advice is always the most simplest thing you'll ever hear. It's two words. Be brave. You've got to be brave. You know, I think some people hear the words like, don't be afraid. You know, um, don't have fear. But no, the, the positive words are be brave. Everybody is going to feel a little bit of fear going into anything. And, and all that means is that you are excited and that maybe this is something meant for you. The feelings of fear mean that you are on the brink of being right there and ready to grow, ready to go. So the words are be brave. You can do it, you know, and as a coach mentor or, you know, sometimes you just need a teammate or someone just to tell you, Hey, you can do this. I believe in you. So you know, and, and sometimes we can tell ourselves, okay, I believe in myself, but actually making the move and executing or taking that first step really does require some courage and bravery. It's almost like jumping into a pool, you know, like it's either you, you go from completely dry to completely wet, you know, so you've just got to be brave and do it. Um, as I've trained so many people for all different types of things, whether it's red carpet interviewing, um, public speaking and things like that, there's so much fear involved in taking that first step. So I always just try to spin everything to have more of a positive connotation and it's be brave, be brave. You can do it. Believe in yourself because at the end of the day, if you don't, nobody else will you can only really count on yourself to do it. So yeah, that's yes, it. Be brave. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I definitely think that I've heard that there's like a psychological effect. If you have certain phrases like don't be scared or don't, don't have fear because you just start focusing on that word fear, but yes. rather, you know, focus on different quotes, like be brave is like a really good example because you just focus on the word brave. Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and we loved having you on this podcast today, Christiane. Really wanted to thank you for sharing your story with the Asian Hustle Network. Where can our listeners find out more about you online? Awesome. Yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram. That's at Christiane Lopez. It's my full name. And then in regards to Studio Sash, it is just at Studio Sash. Amazing. We'll leave all of that in the show notes of this episode, Christiane. It was amazing having you on our podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so great to chat and get to know you. Likewise. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. 
We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.